Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Biggs of Calvary Greeley with you. And so you heard those two numbers. Give me a call. I believe we do have full lines right now. We're going to go back to the phone lines. Give me a text, 720-336-0897. Love to talk to you. Jacqueline, are you still there with us? Yes, I'm here. Thank, thank, thanks for calling. But where you're making reference from is from 1 Corinthians 7, and I'm going to read it for the sake of our listeners, um, as she's asking about marriage and divorce and remarriage, that Paul is saying you need to keep your, your marriage vows. And a uh, wife is not to depart from her husband, but even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. That's a reference that you're making to, that you're to be reconciled to your husband, but then you brought a, a scenario that he was already married. But here's the thing. You did not remain unmarried. You got married again. And so you're to keep your marriage vows, and that's God's intention for you to keep your marriage vows, and to move forward in that forgiveness and to move forward in his grace and being the couple that God wants you to be. His intention is for you to remain married for the rest of your lives. So even though Paul gives those guidelines there that you did not remain unmarried, um, what you did was you got married again. And there are many people that are listening right now that I don't want them to think that they got remarried, that their marriage isn't uh, acknowledged before the Lord. It is acknowledged before the Lord. They are married. And there are many that, for different reasons, have gotten remarried that they are to keep their marriage vows, and you are as well. So that's God's intention for you, not to say, well, I need to get a divorce so I can be reconciled to you know, my first husband, who was already married to another. It starts to get very messy then, and um, and God wants you to keep your marriage vows. Okay? Okay, I just wanted some clarification because I thought I was living an adulterous life, even though, you're not, you know. Here, here's the thing, and I've heard people say this. Jesus said if you marry another except for, you know, immorality, you commit adultery. He doesn't say you live in adultery. What he's saying is going through that divorce, divorce, he hates divorce. Marriage, according to Malachi, is a holy institution um, and is to be revered. Um, it is to be taken into with very serious, um, you, you know, decision that we make. I think it's the second most important decision that we make um, as far as uh, getting married next to coming to the Lord. He intends for us to keep our marriage vows, but sometimes that doesn't happen. And when that does, there is sin involved, but it doesn't mean that you're living in adultery. And that's the thing to remember. So you you commit adultery. Well, one of those scriptures says these people are not going to go to heaven. It said the homosexual, it said the adultery, the fornication. Somewhere in the Bible, it lists, give you a list of people who's yeah. not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Spirit. And I said, right. my husband, I don't want to go to hell, and I don't want him to go to hell for, we, for us committing adultery. No, you're not. You're When it talks about adultery it doesn't mean adultery is not an unforgivable sin he writes that in first corinthians chapter 6 he says don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god 
And he goes on and he goes down fornicators, adulterers, uh, you know, thieves, all these sins that he lists. And then he says in verse 11, you got to read verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of of our God. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's not an unforgivable sin. But what you're to do is move forward in your marriage relationship with your husband and to move it in, in a way that, that it's, it's pleasing to the Lord and he recognizes it and there's forgiveness in divorce. And I want all divorced people to know that there is. There is forgiveness that's there. But what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, is those who practice such things, what it means is those who habitually, continually uh, practice these things with no conviction, with no desire to repent and turn to the Lord. And we you know, have come out of that. And we've come out of the darkness into his marvelous light, as Peter would say. And we don't, you know, go back to the darkness. So he's talking about those who practice such things. And there is forgiveness in all of those sins. And and he says, such were some of you, but you have been sanctified. You've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are justified by faith in him. That's what saves you. That's what saves you. And so I'm so glad that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, as John writes in in First John. And we can rest in that, and we can move forward in that. We can move forward in his forgiveness and in his love and what he desires for you and your husband, that you guys move forward as a married couple. So please keep that in mind and and look at those things and um, I pray that you do, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. I need some you clarification would, of that. Can I pray for you? Yes. Father, I pray for my sister. Who, What I'm hearing from her, she just wants to please you. She wants to do what is right in your sight. And we know that that is to keep her marriage vows. And Lord, that she would move forward in her husband in a way that they would grow in the love of Christ and love for each other. And Lord, that you would help them in that, that they would, Lord, just um, continue to live in your grace, in your forgiveness. We thank you that we have forgiveness. And I pray that you would just fill them with your grace and love. And Lord, that they wouldn't condemn. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But Lord, that they would live in a way um, to where they experience your grace to a greater degree. And Lord, um, just, just help them. Just guide them through your word. And um, I just pray for them, bless them, be with them in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks, Jacqueline. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay. All right. We got an open line, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Edgar. Edgar? Edgar? How are you? I'm doing pretty blessed. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Good. Got a question? Well, I had a question. I was listening to a program earlier. Mm-hmm. Something about the angels. If the angels have feelings, as per se? Yeah, that's a good question. Do they have feelings? I think they probably, because we see them rejoicing, don't we? Yeah. Um, 
we see them rejoicing, and and we can, I guess, say that that's a feeling as they worshiping God and praising God. Um, perhaps yeah. we can say that um, an angel, you know, there was an angel that came um, and you know uh, went against the Assyrian soldiers there in Hezekiah's day um, that do battle. I'm yeah. sure there's feelings that that are in that um, and mixed in with that. We do know that they're ministers ministering spirits. And um, I know that uh, you can probably do a study in the scriptures, because I know, Edgar, that as soon as I get off the phone with you, I'll say, oh, yeah, there's there's this example or this example. But yeah. what comes to mind is they do rejoice, and they, you know, worship and rejoice. And um, the, the Psalms press of gladness uh, of the angels, um, things like that. So I believe that they do have feelings. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Hey, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. 303-690-3000. We've got two open lines. Good question. I never thought of that, of angels having feelings, but, um, you know, they rejoice and gladness and praising God and, you know, um, good things. So text line 720-336-0897. Give me a text. We've got time at the end of the show. We've got about 20 minutes left. A little under 20 minutes, plenty of time for you to call in and ask a question or a prayer request. And uh, we're going to go back to Pennsylvania to Sheila. Is Sheila? Hello. Yes, hello. How, how are you? You're on Calvary Live. Good. How are you? Um, I'm doing so good. Thank this you. It doesn't really matter to me, but I just, I just was like wondering. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to um, matter whether or not it's true or not. Um, but this guy and I were talking, and he said that we are not in a – the earth is not round. It's in a sphere, like like a bubble. <laughs> okay. So anyway, he said in Genesis it says that God created the earth. And we are in, in a atmosphere of like like a like a bubble or something. So and he thinks that, is, that the Earth is flat. So have you heard? Yeah, yeah. It, it's oh. it's the flat it's a flat Earth theory. Um, that, oh, okay. You know, even the you know people hold to that theory. And they'll try to, for example, vague, um, uh, you know, verses that even that he's trying to express from um, Genesis, you know, to Revelation. The angels held the four corners of the earth and see the earth right. is flat. The Bible talks about the earth being round, first of all. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, you can show him that verse. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants. Um, you can show them that verse. So the Bible says that the earth is a circle. It is, you know, um, round. Um, it's not flat. Uh, and also, here's the other thing, that um, we have so many pictures. Um, we had a speaker that I listened to um, from the Biblical uh, Science Institute, Dr. Lyle. Um, he is an astrophysicist, a, a Ph.D., and somebody asked him about that, and 
he was talking about how he had a friend from NASA that was up in this in the um, in the space center, uh, International Space Center, that he was talking to, you know, uh, live and was able to you know interview him. And he says, "Here, I'll show you the picture of the Earth. We got we get live pictures of the Earth, and it's round. It's not flat. Uh, right. So yeah, you know, it's know. yeah. So you know, I remember." <laughs> um, um, Jim Irwin, um, he was like the eighth man that walked on the moon um, back in the Apollo astronauts. And all the pictures that came back from that of a round earth. And I remember hearing his testimony. He was a Christian, and he talked about being on the moon. And he talked about uh, how um, he looked back at the earth and saw that that round earth, that, that circle, that spear, um, that was there. He was so, it was so incredible. So the, the, the evidence is overwhelming from the scriptures that the earth is round from uh, eyewitnesses, from pictures that we have by the thousands that the earth is round and the earth is not flat. And, you know, you can look at the moon and the moon is round, right? Um, you can look at the sun, the sun is round. They don't argue against that. Uh, Venus, uh, Mars, uh, all the you know planets around, and all of a sudden Earth is flat. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. So it, it's just some people hold <laughs> on to just, it. I was just like, what? Yeah. So show them, show them that verse there in um, in Isaiah, and you, you'll see that um, that um, the Bible says that the Earth is a circle. Okay. Yeah, right. I, he, I don't know. He said he said a circle is a circle, and a, um, and uh, I forget what he said. Something like, "Well, well he, you know, it's, here's, it's a circle." <laughs> <laughs> here's no. here's a reference for you, and you can probably do a search and get some really good articles that is going to explain it ten times better than me. Um, give you a lot of references. Uh, to be able to talk to your friend about, but answers in Genesis, okay? It's an incredible uh, ministry. Okay. Answers in Genesis, Dr. Ken Ham, or you can go to the, the Biblical Creation um, Institute, um, Dr. Lyle. He answers those questions, and they're going to give you a lot, a lot of information that you can be able to talk to your friend about. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank I'll, you. I'll find, you'll, you bet. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. All right. God bless. 303-690-3000 calling number. The earth is a circle. That's what the Bible says. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22. Let's go to Erica in Denver. Erica? Yes. Hi. Hi. You're on Calvary Live. Yes, sir. Well, um, I just want to ask for prayer for myself because I'm going through a lot of um, 2K problems, and tomorrow I'm going to go see a surgeon, and I'm hoping that he able to do what I'm asking because I'm, I'm in a lot of torment, a lot of pain day and night, and I have to go to work like that, and mm. it's, it's just so frustrating. Yeah. You said it's 2 K? Yeah, more than one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so sorry, and I'm going to go see a surgeon tomorrow and I ask him for prayer that God will give me favor and and things will go, you know, the way I want it. 
to be mm. so I could be, you know, paying yeah. for it, all this. Yeah. Father, I pray for Erica. She's in a lot of pain. She has to go to work and work through the pain. And as she goes to see a surgeon tomorrow, I pray that it would be a good meeting, um, that they would have real answers for her. And, Lord, that um, you care about her and that they would be able to bring relief to her in a way that, Lord, that uh, brings her peace and just provides for her. And, and Lord, um, that you would just help her. And so I just pray it would go well. And I pray for your hand um, to directly be involved, your healing hand, your healing touch, that you would help her, that help her through the day and through the work and through the days ahead. And, Lord, if you choose to use the surgeon to bring healing, that it would be done in a way where she knows that that you're working in a powerful, wonderful way. So I just lift up my sister to you. Just pray for that healing, that relief, strength, uh, wisdom, and decisions that she has to make. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you, Erica. Thank you for calling. <laughs> we'll be praying for you. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Call in number, text line 720-336-0897. So let's go to Stan in Longmont. Stan. Hello? Hi, Pastor. How are you? <clears throat> How are um, you? Pretty good. Um, I, I love your preaching, and I, I'm glad you're helping us all and uh, being there for us. And God bless you. And uh, I just Thank my you. question was is if if I was with the same person for years and we're not together now, but we still have like a relationship, but because of our kids, am I really married? Because I lived with her for years, and I never got married by a church, common law married by the state. Mm-hmm. Am I, I mean, so if I was to remarry, am I committing adultery or am I, am I safe or what is that? What do you think about that? Well, you're, you know, first of all, you're, you're getting into a situation kind of describing that is, you know, a little bit, um, a lot for just a few minutes we have on the radio. Here's the thing about common law marriage. Um, it is recognized by the state. The reason that states put that in is because it's not so much what you, do, you know, making a choice to get married is something that's kind of done to you to protect it. A lot of common law marriage laws in different states were put in just for the very thing that you, you know, uh, have property together, you have kids together. It's to protect the woman. It's to protect the one, you know, if you decide, uh, forget you and I'm going to go marry somebody else. So that's common law marriage. That's why it was put in place. So to protect the other individual, especially when you have a family and things together. So, yeah, that's why the state recognizes it. So, you know, there's um, that's the thing to um, to look at and to pray through. And I would encourage you in your situation to get very specific because it it sounds like you're talking. Well, I want to marry somebody else, but you have responsibilities and you got responsibility as a father, you got responsibility as a man, and to get counsel from you know uh, your church, from your pastor, and uh-huh. to really talk it through, and to make the right decision that is right. But the common law, you know, marriage was put in place to protect the one who the the other leaves and leaves them and leaves them with kids, and we're not married, and and um, is to bring that provision for them and protection to them. 
But okay, you know, here's all my the thing. kids are already grown, and uh, uh-huh. <clears throat> you know, we're all Christians, and uh, most of us all go to church. But I mean, yeah, I just the question is: is am I married? Yeah, yeah. It, the state recognizes you have married, but you know, personally. Uh, you know, uh-huh. I suggest that those that if if been common law married, go ahead and get married. Go ahead and have the church marry you. If you are um, been living together and you have uh, that life together to to do that to where you're recognizing God in your marriage and that uh, you're signing that marriage lang- uh, license. And that's my thought on it. And uh, because common law marriage, it's just something that's kind of done to you. And, yeah, it's um, kind of for like equity for like property, and so yeah. I don't leave her high and dry because we exactly. we did live with each other for twenty some years, and now we're apart, but we still like you know we talk to each other and we kind of have a relationship because of the kids. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, I never was married by a church, and so that's my and question. That's, that's the yeah, that's the thing, Stan. You know, talk to a pastor that's familiar okay. with you guys in your situation because you know calling on the radio. For a few minutes, yes. I'll try to guide you the best I can biblically, but uh-huh. you know, get some wise counsel, and I think that that will help you as you move forward in this. But I appreciate you calling. Yes, that sounds good, Pastor. Thanks for your advice, and God bless you. God bless you, Stan. Let's go to Tan. Is it Tan uh, in Baltimore? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're on Calvary Live. Um, thank you for taking my call. And um, thank you for using your ministry to help people understand things. Um, so my question is, is it possible, well, I have a question and a prayer request, but the first question is, um, is it possible to minister without judging? And I ask this because um, I often don't think that it's my role to interject my point of view into what other people are doing. I might tell them, you know, it's like... You know, maybe their thing is worldly, but I also, I just wonder, you know, because Christians I've met can be judgmental, but I also know that our society is kind of like erring on the side of not only questioning everything, but being kind of like hard on some people for what they believe as opposed to others. Like everyone's supposed to be like together now. Um, and so I, 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 I struggle because I, I, don't want to fall into the category where I am, I don't know, pushing anyone away because of judgment, but then I don't also want to not speak up because I'm more concerned about their judgment. And yeah. so, you know, yeah, you're asking I don't know a, that You're it's... asking a good question. You're asking a very good question. It's probably a question that a lot of people right now are listening, saying, you know, I'm thinking the same thing. You know, Paul, the apostle in the book of Ephesians, he says, speak the truth in love. We can speak the truth in love. We don't have to be condescending. We don't have to be bring, be condemning. We don't have to, you know, be judgmental. And sometimes people say, well, don't judge me, right? That's the answer. Didn't Jesus say, judge not, uh, uh, you know, judge not that you not be judged? He's talking about judging someone to condemnation. We can judge somebody's works, and we can be honest with them. And I think that you can give the truth, because we live in a a culture and a society that says, go ahead and just live any way that you want. And we can stay true to the Word of God, and we can say, listen, that, that 
you know, either somebody who's a brother or sister that's in sin, we are to bring rebuke. We are to bring correction to them. We can do it in love. We can say, listen, I love you enough to give you the truth. And you don't continue in this sin. I love you enough that you need Jesus or you're going to be separated um, for all eternity and to be led by the Lord in that way. And I think that we can do it in love. People know when you are being judgmental and, you know, uh, just judging people in that way, in a harsh kind of way, um, that we can do it in love. I love you enough to give you the truth. God loves you. He wants you to repent. He wants you to change your ways. He wants you to come to him and receive forgiveness. So it's just the leading of the Lord. And, you know, um, you've probably, Tian, talked to somebody that, you know, if they're bringing correction or something, you can tell when they really care. Mm-hmm. Or you can tell when they're just being judgmental and condemning, right? You know the difference. And yeah. it's a it's a tender heart, um, a loving heart, a caring heart. When you just say, listen, I care enough about you, you know, to give you the truth, you know, and God does love you. He wants you to turn away from this sin. He wants you to come to him. He wants to save you. And that's speaking the truth in love. We don't have to compromise. You know, John's gospel says that Jesus was the perfect harmony of grace and truth. Um, And he didn't hold back any um, truth at all. But he did it with such grace. Um, And he was one that, you know, just was able to speak that truth in love. And, you know, he spoke um, the things uh, of the kingdom and the love of the Father. And it says that common people heard him gladly in that. It was the religious leaders that were condemning the people. It was the religious leaders that, you know, were so hard and harsh but we can speak it in truth. And if it's just all truth, I mean, we can take just the truth and beat people up with it. And there's no grace, um, it's harsh. But if it's just all grace and there's no truth, then it's flaky. So there's the combination of truth and grace. And that's what Jesus was full of. And I think that's what he desires to help us and guide us in um, as we speak to others. But speak the truth in love. You don't have to compromise the truth. And just speak, and and here's the things. And maybe you've heard this, Tan, but somebody mm-hmm. said this once. I heard it years ago. They said, uh, you know, that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I've and, heard that. Yeah, and as you show that I care about you, I want to speak truth into your life. Um, they're going to be more open to it. And the other thing too is, you know, as we're ending the show, I, uh, hopefully this will be an encouragement to you. You remember that Moses went up on the mountain to receive the law of God, and yeah. he receives the law, and he comes back, and he begins to say, Thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. He's laying down the law to them. He's giving them truth, and they're going, Hey, Mo, you know, you're glowing. Put a veil over your face. And it really makes a difference. Your countenance, your attitude, you know, um, when you lay down the law, whether it's to your kids or to the people that you love, you know, what's your countenance? Is it is it somewhat shining and glowing uh, of the love of Christ? Is there the fragrance of Christ that is there, as Paul talks about to the Corinthians? And there's only one way that I know that you can get that, and that is spend time with the Lord, as Moses did. Spend time with the Lord and 
people are going to sense his love coming from you and speaking that truth and love to others. So definitely you can give truth without being all judgmental and condemning and chopping off ears like Peter did in the garden with the sword and with the word of the, you know, word of God is like a sword. There's a lot of people chopping ears off (laughs) and um, you don't have to do that. So just full of grace and truth. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I I appreciate that. I had a prayer too, but I know that time is, is um, of essence. So thank you for taking the time to answer Question. Can sorry we didn't get to your prayer request, but listen, you call back anytime. We'll pray for you. We'll be here at Calvary Live tomorrow um, at the same time. So thank you everybody that's called. God bless you. And I know we didn't get to everybody, but we had good questions, very challenging questions today. And um, so uh, hopefully that perfectly you were blessed today by today's program. Calvary Live will be back tomorrow. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Biggs at Calvary Greeley with you. And so you heard those two numbers. Give me a call. I believe we do have full lines right now. We're going to go back to the phone lines. Give me a text, 720-336-0897. Love to talk to you. Jacqueline, are you still there with us? Yes, I'm here. Thank, thank, thanks for calling. But where you're making reference from is from 1 Corinthians 7, and I'm going to read it for the sake of our listeners, um, as she's asking about marriage and divorce and remarriage, that Paul is saying you need to keep your, your marriage vows. And a wife is not to depart from her husband, but even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. That's a reference that you're making to, that you're to be reconciled to your husband, but then you brought a a scenario that he was already married. But here's the thing. You did not remain unmarried. You got married again. And so you're to keep your marriage vows, and that's God's intention for you to keep your marriage vows, and to move forward in that forgiveness and to move forward in his grace and being the couple that God wants you to be. His intention is for you to remain married for the rest of your lives. So even though Paul gives those guidelines there that you did not remain unmarried, um, what you did was you got married again. And there are many people that are listening right now that I don't want them to think that they got remarried, that their marriage isn't uh acknowledged before the Lord. It is acknowledged before the Lord. They are married. And there are many that, for different reasons, have gotten remarried that they are to keep their marriage vows, and you are as well. So that's God's intention for you, not to say, well, I need to get a divorce so I can be reconciled to you know, my first husband, who was already married to another. It starts to get very messy then, and um, and God wants you to keep your marriage vows. Okay. Okay, I just want some clarification because I thought I was living an adulterous life, even though you're not. Here, here's the thing, and I've heard people say this. Jesus said, "If you marry another, except for you know immorality, you commit adultery." He doesn't say you live in adultery. What he's saying is, going through that divorce, divorce. He hates divorce. Marriage, according to Malachi, is a holy institution, um, and is to be revered. Um, it is to 
be taken into with very serious um you know, decision that we make. I think it's the second most important decision that we make um, as far as uh, getting married next to coming to the Lord. He intends for us to keep our marriage vows, but sometimes that doesn't happen. And when that does, there is sin involved, but it doesn't mean that you're living in adultery. And that's the thing to remember. So you you commit adultery. Well, one of those scriptures says these people are not going to go to heaven. It said the homosexual, it said the adultery, the fornication. Somewhere in the Bible, it lists, give you a list of people who's yeah. not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Serious. And I said, right. my husband, I don't want to go to hell, and I don't want him to go to hell for, we, for us committing adultery. No, you're not. You're, when it talks about adultery, it doesn't mean adultery is not an unforgivable sin. He writes that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he goes on and he goes down, fornicators, adulterers, uh, you know, thieves, all these sins that he lists. And then he says in verse 11, you got to read verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of of our God. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's not an unforgivable sin. But what you're to do is move forward in your marriage relationship with your husband and to move it in, in a way that, that it's, it's pleasing to the Lord and he recognizes it and there's forgiveness in divorce. And I want all divorced people to know that there is. There is forgiveness that's there. But what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, is those who practice such things, what it means is those who habitually, continually uh, practice these things with no conviction, with no desire to repent and turn to the Lord. And we, you know, have come out of that. And we've come out of the darkness into his marvelous light, as Peter would say. And we don't, you know... Go back to the darkness. So he's talking about those who practice such things. And there is forgiveness in all of those sins. And and he says, such were some of you, but you have been sanctified. You've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are justified by faith in him. That's what saves you. That's what saves you. And so I'm so glad that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, as John writes in in First John. And we can rest in that, and we can move forward in that. We can move forward in his forgiveness and in his love and what he desires for you and your husband, that you guys move forward as a married couple. So please keep that in mind and and look at those things and um, I pray that you do, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. Okay. I need some you clarification would, of that. Can I pray for you? Yes. Father, I pray for my sister. Who, What I'm hearing from her, she just wants to please you. She wants to do what is right in your sight. And we know that that is to keep her marriage vows. And Lord, that she would move forward in her husband in a way that they would grow in the love of Christ and love for each other. And, Lord, that you would help them in that, that they would, Lord, just um, continue to live in your grace, in your forgiveness. We thank you that we have forgiveness. And I pray that you would just fill them with your grace and love. And, Lord, that they wouldn't condemn. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
but Lord, that they would live in a way um, to where they experience your grace to a greater degree. And Lord, um, just just help them, just guide them through your word. And um, I just pray for them, bless them, be with them in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks, Jacqueline. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay. All right. We got an open line, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Edgar. Edgar? Edgar? How are you? I'm doing pretty blessed. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Good. Got a question? Well, I had a question. I was listening to a program earlier. Mm-hmm. Something about the angels. If the angels have feelings, as to say? Yeah, that's a good question. Do they have feelings? I think they probably, because we see them rejoicing, don't we? Yeah. Um, we see them rejoicing, and, and we can, I guess, say that that's a feeling as they worshiping God and praising God. Um, perhaps yeah. we can say that um, an angel, you know, there was an angel that came um, and, you know, uh, went against the Assyrian soldiers there in Hezekiah's day um, that do battle. I'm yeah. sure there's feelings that, that are in that um, and mixed in with that. We do know that they're ministering spirits. And um, I know that uh, you can probably do a study in the scriptures because I know Edgar that as soon as I get off the phone with you, I'll say, "Oh yeah, there's there's this example or this example." But yeah. what comes to mind is they do rejoice and they you know worship and rejoice and um, the the psalm expressive gladness uh, of the angels, um, things like that. So I believe that they do have feelings. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Hey, that thanks for fun. calling. Appreciate it. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. 303-690-3000. we got two open lines. Good question. I never thought of that, of angels having feelings, but, um, you know, they rejoice and gladness and praising God and, you know, um, good things. So text line 720-336-0897. Give me a text. We've got time at the end of the show. We've got about 20 minutes left. Little under 20 minutes, plenty of time for you to call in and ask a question or a prayer request. And uh, we're going to go back to Pennsylvania to Sheila. Is Sheila? Hello. Yes. Hello. How How are you? You're on Calvary Live. Good. How are you? Um, I'm doing so good. Thank this you. It doesn't really matter to me, but I just, I just was like wondering. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to um, matter whether or not it's true or not. Um, but this guy and I were talking, and he said that we are not in a – the earth is not round. It's in a sphere, like like a bubble. <laughs> okay. So anyway, he said in Genesis it says that God created the earth, and we are in, in a atmosphere of like like a like a bubble or something. So and he that thinks that is, that the Earth is flat. So have you heard? Yeah, yeah. It, it's oh. it's the flat it's a flat Earth theory. Um, that, oh, okay. You know, even the you know, people hold to that theory. 
and they'll try to, for example, vague, um, uh, you know, verses that even that he's trying to express from um, Genesis, you know, to Revelation, the angels held the four corners of the earth and see the earth right. is flat. The Bible talks about the earth being round, first of all. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, you can show him that verse. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants. Um, you can show him that verse. So the Bible says that the earth is a circle. It is, you know, um, round. Um, it's not flat. Uh, and also, here's the other thing, that um, we have so many pictures. Um, we had a speaker that I listened to um, from the Biblical uh, Science Institute, Dr. Lyle. Um, he is an astrophysicist, a, a Ph.D., and somebody asked him about that, and he was talking about how he had a friend from NASA that was up in this in the um, in the space center, uh, International Space Center, that he was talking to, you know, uh, live, and was able to you know interview him. And he says, "Here, I'll show you the picture of the Earth. We got we get live pictures of the Earth, and it's round. It's not flat. Uh, right. So yeah, you know, it's know. yeah. So you know, I remember." <laughs> Um, um, Jim Irwin, um, he was like the eighth man that walked on the moon, um, back in the Apollo astronauts and all the pictures that came back from that of a round earth. And I remember hearing his testimony. He was a Christian and he talked about being on the moon and he talked about, uh, how, um, he looked back at the earth and saw that, that round earth, that, that circle, that spear, um, that was there. He was so, it was so incredible. So the, the, the evidence is overwhelming from the scriptures that the earth is round from uh, eyewitnesses, from pictures that we have by the thousands that the earth is round and the earth is not flat. And, you know, you can look at the moon and the moon is round, right? Um, you can right. look at the sun. The sun is round. They don't argue against that. Uh, Venus, uh, Mars, uh, all the you know planets around, and all of a sudden Earth is flat. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. So it, it's just some people hold <laughs> on to just, it. I was just like, what? Yeah. So show them, show them that verse there in um, in Isaiah, and you, you'll see that um, that um, the Bible says that the Earth is a circle. Okay. Yeah, right. I, he, I don't know. He said he said a circle is a circle, and a, um, and uh, I forget what he said. Something like, "Well, well he, you know, it's, here's, it's a circle." <laughs> <laughs> here's no. here's a reference for you, and you can probably do a search and get some really good articles that is going to explain it ten times better than me. Um, give you a lot of references. Uh, to be able to talk to your friend about, but answers in Genesis, okay? It's an incredible uh, ministry. Okay. Answers in Genesis, Dr. Ken Ham, or you can go to the, the Biblical Creation um, Institute, um, Dr. Lyle. He answers those questions, and they're going to give you a lot, a lot of information that you can be able to talk to your friend about. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I'll find, you'll, you bet. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. All right. God bless.
303-690-3000 is calling number. The earth is a circle. That's what the Bible says. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22. Let's go to Erica in Denver. Erica? Yes, hi. Hi, you're on Calvary Live. Yes, sir. Well, um, I just want to ask for prayer for myself because I'm going through a lot of um, 2K problems, and tomorrow I'm going to go see a surgeon, and I'm hoping that he able to do what I'm asking because I'm, I'm in a lot of torment, a lot of pain day and night, and I have to go to work like that, and mm. it's, it's just so frustrating. Yeah. You, you said it's tooth decay? Yeah, more than one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so sorry, and I'm going to go see a surgeon tomorrow and I ask him for prayer that God will give me favor and and things will go you know, the way I want it to be, mm-hmm. so I could be, you know, paying yeah. for all this. Yeah. Father, I pray for Erica. She's in a lot of pain. She has to go to work and work through the pain. And as she goes to see a surgeon tomorrow, I pray that it would be a good meeting, um, that they would have real answers for her. And, Lord, that... Um, you care about her and that they would be able to bring relief to her in a way that, Lord, that uh, brings her peace and just provides for her. And, and Lord, um, that you would just help her. And so I just pray it would go well. And I pray for your hand um, to directly be involved, your healing hand, your healing touch, that you would help her, that help her through the day and through the work and through the days ahead. And, Lord, if you choose to use the surgeon to bring healing, that it would be done in a way where she knows that, that you're working in a powerful, wonderful way. So I just lift up my sister to you. Just pray for that healing, that relief, strength, uh, wisdom, and decisions that she has to make. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you, Erica. Thank you for calling. <laughs> we'll be praying for you. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000, call in number, text line 720-336-0897. So let's go to Stan in Longmont. Stan? Hello? Hi, Pastor. How are you? How are oh, you? Pretty good. Um, I, I love your preaching, and I, I'm glad you're helping us all and uh, being there for us, and God bless you. And uh, I just, Thank my you. question was, is if, if I was with the same person for years and we're not together now, but we still have like a relationship, but because of our kids, am I really married? Because I lived with her for years, and I never got married by a church, common law married by the state. Mm-hmm. Am I? I mean, so if I was to remarry, am I committing adultery, or am I? Am I safe, or what is that? What do you think about that? Well, you're, you know, first of all, you're you're getting into a situation, kind of describing that is, you know, a little bit. Um, a lot for just a few minutes we have on the radio. Here's the thing about common law marriage. Um, it is recognized by the state. The reason that states put that in is because it's not so much what you do, you know, making a choice to get married. It's something that's kind of done to you to protect. It, a lot of common law marriage laws in different states were put in just for the very thing that you, you know, uh, have property together, you have kids together, it's to protect the woman. It's to protect the one, 
you know, if you decide, uh, forget you, and I'm going to go marry somebody else. So that's common law marriage. That's why it was put in place. So to protect the other individual, especially when you have a family and things together. So, oh, okay. yeah, that's why the state recognizes it. So, you know, there's, um, that's the thing to, um, to look at and to pray through. And I would encourage you in your situation to get very specific because it, it sounds like you're talking, well, I, I want to marry somebody else, but you have responsibilities and you got responsibility as a father. You got responsibility as a man and to get counsel from, you know, uh, your church, from your pastor and uh-huh. to really talk it through and to make the right decision that is right. But the common law, you know, marriage was put in place to protect the one who the the other leaves and leaves them and leaves them with kids and we're not married and and um, it's to bring that provision for them and protection to them. But okay. you know, here's all my the thing: kids are already grown, and uh, uh-huh. you know, we're all Christians, and uh, most of us all go to church. But I mean, yeah, I just the question is: is am I married? Yeah. Yeah, it, the state recognizes you have married, but you know personally, uh, you know mm-hmm. I suggest that those that if if been common law married, go ahead and get married, go ahead and have the church marry you if you are um, been living together and you have uh, that life together to to do that to where you're recognizing God in your marriage and that you're signing that marriage lang- uh, license, and that's my thought on it. And uh, because common law marriage, it's just something that's kind of done to you. And, yeah, it's um, kind of for like equity for like property. And so yeah. I don't leave her high and dry because we, exactly. we did live with each other for 20 some years. And now we're apart, but we still like, you know, we talk to each other and we kind of have a relationship because of the kids. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, I never was married by a church. And so that's my and question. That's, that's the, yeah. That's the thing, Stan. You know, talk to a pastor that's familiar okay. with you guys in your situation because, you know, calling on the radio for a few minutes, yes. I'll try to guide you the best I can biblically. But, uh-huh. you know, get some wise counsel, and I think that that will help you as you move forward in this. But I appreciate you calling. Yes, that sounds good, Pastor. Thanks for your advice, and God bless you. God bless you, Stan. Let's go to Tan. Is it Tan? Uh, in Baltimore? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're on Calvary Live. Um, thank you for taking my call, and um, thank you for using your ministry to help people understand things. Um, so my question is, is it possible, well, I have a question and a prayer request, but the first question is, um, is it possible to minister without judging? And I ask this because um, I often don't think that it's my role to interject my point of view into what other people are doing. I might tell them, you know, it's like, you know, maybe their thing is worldly. But I also, I just wonder, you know, because Christians I've met can be judgmental, but I also know that our society is kind of like erring on the side of not only questioning everything, but being kind of like hard on some people for what they believe as opposed to others. Like everyone's supposed to be like together now. Um, and so I, 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 I struggle because I, I don't want to fall into the category where I am 
I don't know, pushing anyone away because of judgment, but then I don't also want to not speak up because I'm more concerned about their judgment. And yeah. so, you know, yeah, you're asking, I don't know that You're it's, asking a good question. You're asking a very good question. It's probably a question that a lot of people right now are listening, saying, you know, I'm thinking the same thing. You know, Paul, the apostle in the book of Ephesians, he says, speak the truth in love. We can speak the truth in love. We don't have to be condescending. We don't have to be bring, be condemning. We don't have to, you know, be judgmental. And sometimes people say, well, don't judge me, right? That's the answer. Didn't Jesus say, judge not, uh, uh, you know, judge not that you not be judged? He's talking about judging someone to condemnation. We can judge somebody's works, and we can be honest with them. And I think that you can give the truth because we live in a, a culture and a society that says, go ahead and just live any way that you want. And we can stay true to the Word of God, and we can say, listen, that, that you know, either somebody who's a brother or sister that's in sin, we are to bring rebuke, we are to bring correction to them, we can do it in love. We can say, listen, I love you enough to give you the truth, and you don't continue in this sin. I love you enough that you need Jesus, or you're going to be separated um, for all eternity, and to be led by the Lord in that way. And I think that we can do it in love. People know when you are being judgmental and you know uh, just judging people in that way, in a harsh kind of way. Um, that we can do it in love. I love you enough to give you the truth. God loves you. He wants you to repent. He wants you to change your ways. He wants you to come to him and receive forgiveness. So it's just the leading of the Lord. And, you know, um, you've probably, Tian, talked to somebody that, you know, if they're bringing correction or something, you can tell when they really care. Mm -hmm. Or you can tell when they're just being judgmental and condemning right you know the difference and it's a it's a tender heart um, a loving heart a caring heart when you just say listen i care enough about you you know to give you the truth you know and god does love you he wants you to turn away from this sin he wants you to come to him he wants to save you and that's speaking the truth in love we don't have to compromise you know john's gospel says that jesus was the perfect harmony of grace and truth. Um, And he didn't hold back any um, truth at all, but he did it with such grace. Um, And he was one that, you know, just was able to speak that truth in love. And, you know, he spoke um, the things uh, of the kingdom and the love of the Father. And it says the common people heard him gladly in that. It was the religious leaders that were condemning the people. It was the religious leaders that, you know, were so hard and harsh. But we can speak it in truth. And if it's just all truth, I mean, we can take just the truth and beat people up with it. And there's no grace, um, it's harsh. But if it's just all grace and there's no truth, then it's flaky. So there's the combination of truth and grace. And that's what Jesus was full of. And I think that's what he desires to help us and guide us in um, as we speak to others. But speak the truth in love. You don't have to compromise the truth and just speak. And and here's the thing. Maybe you've heard this, Tan, but somebody Mm -hmm. said this once. I heard it years ago. They said, uh, you know, that 
people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I've and, heard that. Yeah, and as you show that I care about you, I want to speak truth into your life, um, they're going to be more open to it. And the other thing, too, is, you know, as we're ending the show, I, uh, hopefully this will be an encouragement to you. You remember that Moses went up on the mountain to receive the law of God, and yeah. he receives the law, and he comes back, and he begins to say, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. He's laying down the law to them. He's giving them truth. And they're going, hey, Mo, you know, you're glowing. Put a veil over your face. And it really makes a difference. Your countenance, your attitude, you know, um, when you lay down the law, whether it's to your kids or to the people that you love, you know, what's your countenance? Is it is it somewhat shining and glowing uh, of the love of Christ? Is there the fragrance of Christ that is there, as Paul talks about to the Corinthians? And there's only one way that I know that you can get that, and that is spend time with the Lord, as Moses did. Spend time with the Lord, and people are going to sense his love coming from you and speaking that truth and love to others. So definitely you can give truth without being all judgmental and condemning and chopping off ears like Peter did in the garden with the sword and with the word of the you know, word of God is like a sword. There's a lot of people chopping ears off (laughs) and um, you don't have to do that. So just full of grace and truth. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I I appreciate that. I had a prayer too, but I know that time is, is um, of essence. So thank you for taking the time to answer that question. Tan, sorry we didn't get to your prayer request, but listen, you call back anytime. We'll pray for you. Be here at Calvary Live tomorrow. Um, at the same time. So thank you, everybody that's called. God bless you. And I know we didn't get to everybody, but we had good questions, very challenging questions today. And um, so uh, hopefully that perfectly you were blessed today by today's program. Calvary Live will be back tomorrow. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.